I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's going on, Rush Nation? It's Murph. It's Friday. It's time for the Look Ahead Part 2. Hope you've enjoyed the content that we've put up so far this week on the website and also through the podcast. Fifth podcast of the week. Unbelievable uh, amount of work that we're doing to try and get you some league titles. And I really enjoyed the chat that... Uh, stepmom lauren and stocks had yesterday on the guest podcast really enjoyed that I was gutted I, I missed that one but if you haven't had a chance go back and, and listen to that some really good start sits and some fun advice and useful trivia to, to have in your locker when it comes to getting ready for for titles and also just some of the fun stuff that they're doing over the, the fantasy footballers right now so i'm going to take you through the remaining six games on the slate now if you haven't had a chance go back and listen to uh the main slate that i did on wednesday for the first 10 games obviously Thursday night football has gone another defeat for the Cowboys uh weather didn't play as much of a factor um must have either had some really bad information on that or just it warmed up I I don't really know um or could have done the conversion it could be any any number of those those factors but you know the result stands as is where it was that actually even though my process was slightly off it also wasn't very far from where I thought it would happen. I still think those kind of numbers, Dak will be an RB2. Cooper did okay. Gallup did okay. Zeke did, you know, what I thought Zeke would do in carrying the ball quite a bit. And yeah, Montgomery was not great. Uh, fumble didn't help, but he had the, the kind of volume that we thought he would have. So 
uh, on the whole, the game went reasonably as expected. Uh, maybe not the scoreline that maybe everyone was uh, looking at, but as I've said time and time again, the Cowboys are yet to beat a team with a winning record this year. So maybe not overly surprising. I'm going to start here with the uh, late state of games where the Chargers of the Jaguars, it kicks off at 9.05 here in the UK. That's 4.05 uh, Eastern time for those of you listening in the US. So I really want to know uh, what to do with both these quarterbacks in this game and then also want to know really about the running backs because that would be the strength of both of these teams and what to do with them and then also who to start. So when looking at the quarterbacks in this game, Minshew has been granted the start. Now I'm going to kind of ignore his stats from the Buccaneers game, even though he had sort of 10.7 points in the second half, he didn't play the first half. So I've looked at really the games where he's played the majority of the game. I've included week one because although he missed half the first quarter, he still played the majority of the game. So in his first nine games, he averages around 16.3 fantasy points per game. And he only had a couple of games where he finished under 16 fantasy points. And it was actually just twice. Once in week six against New Orleans, once in week nine London uh, against Houston, where it's 4.6 against New Orleans and 7.8 against Houston. Uh, Houston really got at them and really made the most of it. Now, the London game's a little bit of an anomaly. You got the travel. The hype was at his, his peak then. And yeah, he, he just had a really bad day at the office. But overall, Minshew's a, a fairly consistent quarterback. Again, as I say, only those two finishes under 16 fantasy points a game. So he's a reasonably safe floor starter. Rivers has very similar numbers across the season. He's at 16.6 fantasy points a game. And he's really heading in the wrong direction for his career. He's heading for his career high in interceptions. He's got 15 through 12 games. He uh, is on pace for 20. His career high is actually 21 uh, interceptions in 2016. But, you know, if he throws six picks in the next four games, which isn't out of the realms of possibility for Phil Rivers, then that will lead to his career high record. And then he could go on and potentially beat that. But he's also on pace for only 23 touchdowns this year. He has 17 at the moment. And that would be his lowest mark since 2007, where he had 21. So 12 years in which he'd have his lowest touchdown scoring season. So all signs pointing in the wrong direction for Phil Rivers. And that's a real concern. So really, truth be told, I don't really want to rely on either of these quarterbacks. Uh, if I had to pick one, I'd pick Minchu just for the safety and reasonable consistency, but he doesn't have a huge floor that that Jacksonville team with that offensive line is is a real hot mess at the moment and really isn't performing to any kind of uh, standard that it should be. That, and it's playing like the team that's, that's getting its coach fired. And you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Dub Marone leaves uh, at the end of the season. And the Chargers just don't seem to really know what's going on. These are two uh, teams that really just at the wrong end of where they thought they would be this season. Uh, Moving on to running backs. Uh, So Fournette has three touchdowns in 2019. He is closing in on a 1,000-yard season. He's going to get that on Sunday, barring an injury or the worst performance he has. I think he needs about 19 or 17 yards. It's it's not a lot. The Chargers are the ninth-worst team against running backs. So uh, expect Fournette to have a lot of work on the ground. They'll try and establish the run. They'll try and control the tempo of the game with the run. Minshew would chime in with some plays. And that's how I see them working. Uh, Fournette will get some production in the air. He's having his career-high season in receptions. But it's not going to be huge volumes. Expect him to probably have maybe four, maybe five catches in this game. And if he could break off a couple of runs, that would be great. But he is obviously a starter. 
Another one to look at is Melvin Gordon. So since week eight, he's had some really, really good figures. So his low was when he returned, you know, was in week eight, we had 10.4 half point fantasy points a game. And then that went up to 24.4, 19.8, 10.5 in week 11, and then 12 last week. So again, he's fairly consistent, but he also has that ability to break off some, some big plays. Jacksonville are really bad against the run. They're actually the fifth worst team against the run. 16 touchdowns to running backs, 12 of them being rushed in. Peyton Barber ran into on Sunday. So it should give you confidence to start Melvin Gordon. People think, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Start Gordon. He's a must-start. He's an RB1 this week. You can feel fine with that. And then you can also start Austin Eckler. So in PPR leagues, he's got nearly 1,100 yards on the season. He's got 69 catches. He's got 10 touchdowns. So again, he's probably a little bit lower than both these guys just because he is relying on the receiving work, but he is still someone that's heavily startable in leagues. So he should be taking up a flex spot uh, or an RB2 spot at the very minimum in the PPR league. So looking at who I would start, uh, Rivers is a desperation low-end QB2 play, but there's better out there. So I'd try and not rely on him unless in a really deep 2QB league. Uh, Gordon is an RB1, as I said. Eckler is an RB2 in PPR leagues. He's probably a low-end RB2, maybe even an RB3 in standard scoring. If you're not getting those points per reception, it does lower his ceiling a little bit, relying on him to get into the end zone. Keenan Allen is a high-end wide receiver, two for me. Williams is a wide receiver, three, wide receiver, four. He's not scored a touchdown this season. In fact, he's on pace to get over 1,000 yards of receiving and no touchdown of any discernible nature at all, which uh, somebody has never done in the NFL. Um, a lot of people cite Woods and I did as well. Woods does have a rushing touchdown on the season, but Williams doesn't even have that. So it'd be good to see Mike get in the end zone. Uh, a lot of people drafted him thinking he could produce. They knew there'd be some touchdown regression, but maybe not to the level that we've had it so far. If you've got Hunter Henry, didn't have a great game last week, but he's easily startable as a tight end. One, the Jacksonville Jaguars, you've got Minshew as a QB2, as I've mentioned. Fournette is a wide uh, running back one. DJ Chark is a wide receiver two, very comfortable there. Um, Westbrook is a low end, our wide receiver three, and Conley is uh, a real desperation uh, play, sort of a wide receiver four, wide receiver five. I've got the wide receiver five conversation, but if you really need someone to fill in, he's probably someone that could do a job and he's sort of the best of the rest outside of the top 40 for me. Chiefs at Patriots, not tons to talk about in this game other than uh, what these teams are going to be doing on the ground because that's the way that you beat these teams. So the Chiefs backfield at the moment, we really need to understand who is going to be playing and who isn't. So Damian Williams is on I or he's still sidelined. Uh, he hasn't practiced this week. I think if he still hasn't practiced by uh, today's practice, he's someone that you can start to count off as maybe out. Uh, Daryl Williams has ended up on IR, so he is definitely out. Um, so that leaves you with Shady McCoy, who hasn't uh, really been trusted with more than 10 or 11 carries. He did have 12 in week six versus Denver. That's his high for the season. So you know he's going to get... 10, 11 carries. you got Darwin Thompson. He had 11 carries on Sunday. He looked reasonably good. He was sort of a, a really early breakout candidate that just never happened. He got stuck and buried on the depth chart. Now, they did sign Spencer Ware on, uh, earlier in the week. And, uh, you know, he knows the playbook. He knows Andy Reid. So he, he won't need time to, to get going. So I don't think he comes into the factor. But what he could do is convolute this backfield even more. So uh, I'm a bit weary as to what, what to do with this situation. But 
ultimately I'm not trusting any of them enough to uh, put on a league winning week for me. Kansas City have the worst uh, team versus running backs in the NFL. They're giving up 31 fantasy points per game to running backs. And so when I'm looking at the, the Patriots, they, you know, they're better stats guys than I am. That's for sure. So they'll be looking at this. So Michelle has yet to have a hundred yard rushing game all season. And he hasn't had a hundred game, hundred yards from scrimmage since week six, no touchdowns since week seven. There's a good chance that this week he actually goes ahead and breaks all of them. He's not looked amazing, but he's not looked terrible. It's all volume with Michelle. He doesn't get a lot of volume in the, in the passing game. So you're relying on what he does on the ground, but the Chiefs have been so bad against the run. Do not be surprised to see Tony Michelle run the ball for 20 times in this game. I think that's a real key to how you try and beat the Chiefs this year. So for me, he's a must start. If you're not starting him this week, you might as well drop him because he's not got a better match on the on the schedule. James White was someone on this podcast last week. I was kind of saying, is he almost irrelevant? What are we doing with him? He's not getting any work. And then someone must have been listening because he gets 11 targets Sunday just when I was really thinking that it was all over for James White. And then just as I was thinking that the the Patriots were done in the game against Houston. They went to James White. And so when the game was on the line, he was the guy who was getting all the work. And I expect that for at least the next couple of weeks until they find out how they're going to address the wide receiver position, I expect James White to to get more work. And therefore, I think he is someone that you can uh, rely on a little bit more. And I think he's someone that you can start despite him killing you probably a few weeks earlier. Really to beat the the Patriots as well as the Chiefs, you need to establish the run so uh the Patriots D have given up only two wide receiver touchdowns uh in the air all season and Kansas City have given up nine so both these teams are ranked best in the second best defense against wide receivers in the NF so that's why I think that the run is incredibly important in this game and I think both coaches will try and establish the run early and run it consistently and so there could be really good volume for Sony Michelle there could be good volume out of the back for James White, and then also for Kansas City, I think there'll be some decent volume, but it'll be shared between Thompson and and McCoy. To give you some idea in terms of the New England side in their defensive stats, now defensive stats for New England, they're first in uh, defensive yards per drive allowed, as in the lowest. They've got the lowest points per drive conceded, and they've got the best drive success rate for defenses in the NFL, according to DVOA Outsiders. And then when you're looking at Kansas City, they've actually got the third best defense in terms of where the starting drive is in terms of the line of scrimmage is around about 26 yards. So they're making teams go on average 74 yards every drive to beat them. You know, with the Patriots, with the Chiefs, they're so explosive on offense. Uh, They get off into a lead and then they're pinning people back and then they're making teams go 75 yards reasonably quickly, 74, 75 yards to go reasonably quickly to try and catch the game up. And then that's why they're starting to put the ball in the air and then, they really narrow the field. They they manage to control the pace of the game, the script of the game by doing that. And that's why their D, especially their secondary, have made a lot of plays this year. I think that you'll see a lot of run plays. You'll see a lot of the run established from both sides. And I think that's key. So if you've got if you've got Michelle, you've got White, you easily start them. I think if you've got McCoy, you probably start him. Thompson, if you're desperate, probably have a flyer on him. He could get a good amount of work. Um, so looking at this, Mahomes is a quarterback one for me. I've put Shady as sort of the high end running back three, but he could be a running back two, depending if he gets just a little bit more work. Um, I've put uh, Thompson as an RB three. They're pretty near in the rankings because I think they'll get similar volume. 
Tyreek Hill is a wide receiver one just because he has that ability to break plays, but it'd be interesting to see what they do with him and, and Gilmore this week. Sammy Watkins is a wide receiver three and very low end at that. I just can't trust him. He's not done anything really since week one. So it's hard to put him anywhere near that, but he could have some production this game. Kelsey, you're starting as a tight end one this week. And then as the we look at the Patriots, it's quite narrow here. It's Brady, he's a low end or mid end uh, QB2. He's not someone I'm relying on too much in fantasy football right now. Uh, Michelle, I've got as an RB2, but he's someone that could uh, elevate and have a really, really big week. I put um, James White as an RB2 in PPR and half PPR formats. He's probably a little bit lower than that. If that doesn't count, after, if, we, if you're not getting the points from receptions. Edelman is a wide receiver one for me this week. I think he's going to have the opportunity to exploit the field a little bit. He'll be very low end RB1, uh, top of tight uh, wide receiver two for me. Got Sanu in there. If he's fit, if he does play, he's a very low end wide receiver three, wide receiver four. For me, I don't think he's going to have the biggest of impacts, but I think he's going to be there and, uh, and get something out of the game. And no Patriots tight end for me is ranking this week. Just stay away. So a couple of games I'm not going to spend huge amounts of time on just because they, there's not a lot of people that will have a lot of players for fantasy football uh, with these teams. So I'll start with the Titans at the Raiders. Now, the Raiders have only scored 13 points uh, in their last two games. You then got the news this week. Josh Jacobs has been playing with a fractured shoulder. Now, as a comparable injury, we had James Conner had a very similar shoulder injury. He tried to come back and said, I'm fine. He tried to play through it. We haven't seen him since. Uh, Really concerned with this news. Uh, It's something that he could go down very early. And as a result, something that we might not see him recover from. So just be very cautious when thinking about Josh Jacobs this week. And just be wary that he is someone that could leave the game. If it is a fractured shoulder, it's quite a serious injury. So... Uh, I'm a little worried about that, if I'm honest, and something to put on your radar to think about. Uh, Derek Carr, I'm not don't need to talk about him. He doesn't need to be considered for fantasy football right now. If you're in a deep uh, QB league and you have to play him, you know he's going to put up maybe 16 points at the best. Uh, he's he's not got a huge floor, uh, and he's really sort of dropped off the last few weeks. Darren Waller, 100 yards last week. Uh, he hasn't had a TD since week eight, but with quite a narrow focus, I think he's someone. You can still play. He'll he'll get the volume, especially in PPI, someone that you have to play. So uh, Darren Waller's always a, a must-start tight end every single week. And then you've got Tyrell Williams, who's been dropping uh, a little bit. He's not been getting the same sort of play that he was earlier on in the season. So for me, it's very thin for the Raiders. It's Waller, he's the tight end one. Tyrell Williams is a running back, uh, a wide receiver three, four, if you're ultimately desperate, you could go say Jones. He's someone that's been trending up. I've talked about him on this podcast before. He's trending up and getting a little bit more work, but don't expect more as a wide receiver five numbers out of him. And then you've got Jacobs. And Jacobs, uh, I've got in the RB2 conversation if he does play, but uh, yeah, there's a real cautious approach uh, to that from my side. Titans are even narrower. Uh, Henry must start 149 yards or more in his last three games. He starts, uh, he sort of plays... November and December, probably better than any running back. He just takes advantage of these tired defenses and, and makes the most of it. So, you know, you don't need me to tell you to start Derek Henry this week. He's a, he's a must start. Uh, Tannehill's a good streaming option. Um, we've talked about him on this pod. He's been highly efficient. I've, got, I've kind of got him in the mid QB2 if you're desperate for a quarterback this week. He, you could do a lot worse than Ryan Tannehill. He's someone that you can definitely start with that sort of reasonably safe rushing floor. They're the only two players for the Titans I would start. Tannehill is QB2. Henry is now back, uh, running back one. That's it. Don't need to start AJ Brown or Corey Davis or 
or Johnny Smith, they're, you know, they're going to get four receptions for however many yards and they might break off and have a big game, but they're never getting more than four receptions. I've covered this off last week in detail with the, the Titans. So don't need to consider them, uh, as, as an option, I'd stick him with those two players, and that's it. And Tannehill's a streaming option at, at best for me. Moving on to the Steelers, the Cardinals. The Steelers are another very, very thin fancy team. That's because they've got so many players out injured. Connor is, I think, being ruled out now for Sunday. Um, so Benny Snell, fire him up. He should be a good uh, running back too this week. Jalen Samuels will get some work as the receiving back, but... Uh, he really hasn't made the most of his opportunity as much as I would have liked him to. So he's someone I'm a bit wary of. You could probably put him in the running back three low-end range and as a desperation play, play him. But uh, I don't really like that as a play. It's it's Benny Snell for me. And the only other player on, on the Steelers you need to potentially start is James Washington. He's sort of a wide receiver two, wide receiver three for me. Uh, at this stage, uh, PPR, it doesn't matter. He's only getting sort of four or five catches a game but he is breaking up big plays and he's got that relationship with Duck Hodges and yeah, he is getting in the end zone. Potentially there's, there's room for Vance McDonald here. I know Lauren picked it up yesterday. The fact that the Cardinals are so bad against tight ends, but Vance McDonald has done very little all season. But yeah, I mean, there's a speculative sort of tight end to play. You can play Vance McDonald and hope he gets into the end zone. Uh, but don't forget you've got a quarterback four and Devin Hodges throwing in the ball. So it's not exactly the same scenario and, you know, I think if the Cardinals are ever going to keep any tight end out out of the end zone, it's probably going to be Vance McDonald. But let's see. Cardinals, there's a few players to, to consider here. Murray, he's banged up, but he does run. He does scramble. He'll give you a reasonably safe floor. But this isn't a great spot for him, given the amount of uh, takeaways that the Steelers are generating, especially off quarterbacks. Drake is the running back one, but he is getting hampered by David Johnson and and also Chase Edmonds. So he's someone I'm not overly thrilled. He's sort of an RB3 for me. I don't think he's got much more value than that. Uh, he'll get some work and he'll do something with it, but he's not going to be a big elite top 24 option this week. Kirk is quite unreliable. He's had three top 24 games this year. He's playing a top five defense who are taking the ball away a lot. And his quarterback is... It, it, Kyler Murray is struggling to get the ball down the field. He's got the arm, but it's just struggling for for accuracy. He just needs to spend some more time working with these receivers. So Kirk, for me, is quite unreliable. Uh, Fitz will get you sort of five, six catches. In the PPR format, he holds slightly more volume, but you know he's only broken off 70 yards once since week two, and that was when he hit 71 yards. Uh, so he's someone that in PPR, he'd probably get you 10 points, and you feel okay with that. Um, as maybe like a wide receiver for sort of play, but anything else, he's not someone I really value at this stage. So it's Murray's a QB two this week. Drake is a running back three this week. Kirk is a running a wide receiver three slash four for me, uh, and then Fitz is a as a wide receiver four, and they're they're sort of your options this week. I think if Murray was full health, I might have elevated them all uh, a little bit more. Now Sunday night football, we've got a great game here: the Seahawks at the Rams. There's a lot of players here that you can consider, a lot of things to consider. We, we talked about this potential timeshare with Carson and Penny, and they both kind of paid off uh, last week. However, I can't see the Seahawks running the ball as many times as they did uh, last week as they do against the Rams. I don't think that's how you, you, you can and should beat the Rams. So I'm a little skeptical as to how that works going forward. Carson got the more production. Penny had a very good game. 
I can't see a scenario where they're both going to get 100 plus yards again, but you never know. So I'm a little bit down on both of these guys uh, this week, but I'm still high enough to where I think they're both startable. They're both still in my top 24 for this week. But I think if, if I owned both, I'd play Carson. But uh, I think if you've got Penny, I think he's a, he's a play this week. Wilson, we know he's having a, a great year. He's obviously a, a low-end QB1 star uh, this week. Tyler Lockett got zero last week, hurt a lot of people. Uh, he might get the Jalen Ramsey treatment. And if that's the case, that could be something to keep an eye out. I think at the same point, he's someone who, uh, if you've got him, you've got to start him. I've got him in the wide receiver two conversation this week. I think he bounces back in some way uh, and produces some numbers up there. And then DK Metcalf is someone I think is is potentially having uh, a good season. I think he's had a reasonably good season. I think if Lockett is going to get all the attention, then I think Metcalf can have a very strong game. So I've got him in sort of the mid wide receiver three range at the moment. But I think he's a quality start this week as well, potentially, uh, especially in sort of 12 team leagues. I think he's someone that you can definitely start. Jacob Hollister, you know, the, the Seahawks have got more receptions and more touchdowns tight end than, than anybody else this season. They're relying on their tight ends heavily. And Jacob Hollister is someone who is always a touchdown threat, especially against the Rams, who aren't the best defensively, although they had a very good game last week and worried if they might have turned the corner a little bit. So we've got him at the very low end, tight end one, tight end two stage. If you've got Jacob Hollister as your tight end, you'll feel fine starting him. In terms of the Rams, you've got Goff. Goff is a quarterback too. Okay, he had a great game last week, but you can't rely on that consistently. And, you know, the Seahawks might not be the best defense in the league, but they're certainly not the worst. I think this is a game for Todd Gurley. I think the volume is trending up for him. I think they realize they need him more than ever now. I've put Gurley as a running back too. Would not surprise me if he ends up in the top 12 this week. I think he's going to get potentially a season high total in carries on Sunday night football, but we will see. Cup is always a wide receiver one. Um, if Goff is getting any kind of production, it tends to go through Cup. Got Woods in that low end uh, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. He's having an okay season. He's put up uh, over 800 yards, but again, no receiving touchdowns. And without those touchdowns, although we're kind of due a touchdown for Robert Woods at some point, and he wouldn't shock me if he got it in this game, you have to look at the trends and think, okay. He needs that to get into that mid-tier wide receiver two conversation. He's just not quite there, but wouldn't shock me if he did score this weekend. Cooks, wide receiver four, just hasn't got going since the concussions. Uh, Quite understandable. He's the guy who's kind of the odd one out of the three at the moment. And Tyler Higby is quite a safe little uh, tight end two option. He had a very good game last week. And I think he's someone that you can definitely target because, as I mentioned last week, Seattle, very bad against tight ends. They're actually the second worst in the league to tight ends, uh, they're giving up 16.1 fantasy points per game to tight ends. So Tyler Higby is a reasonable sort of mid to high end. Uh, tight end two could go higher than that. Could be a very sneaky uh, play for this week. Moving on to Monday night football, last game of the week, we've been given an absolute doozy. It's Giants at Eagles. Both teams are an absolute mess right now uh, for different reasons. Eli Manning looks like he's going to play in this game. You don't need to start Eli Manning, don't worry, unless you're in a very deep league. I picked him up in a few places and got some ridicules uh, this week, but given the nature of where I was and I've lost some quarterbacks, I felt he's just someone uh, I needed to have his insurance this week in case I picked up an injury, but he's not someone I have any grand designs in starting uh, anywhere this week. Uh, Barkley still really jury out on if he's fit or not. He's not quite, he doesn't look quite as dynamic as he has been and I don't know if that's injury I don't know if he's if it's an effort thing and he's just not putting everything in because it is a losing season 
I don't know why he's not been shut down. So I, for the first time all season when he's played, I've not put him in the running back one conversation. I've put him in the running back two conversation. Philly are pretty decent against uh, def- running backs. They're the ninth best defense against running backs. Um, that's not really the reason. I just think that hampered with volume, hampered with what's going on. I just don't trust Barkley to get me a top 12. But if you've got him, you're obviously starting him this week. Um, but you would have done really well to drafted him number one and still ended up in your fantasy playoffs. So uh, good draft from you guys if you've managed to do that because he hasn't delivered the numbers this year. <laughs> this this mess of a wide receiver core for the Giants. You've got Shepard back. Engram might be back. Slayton has done well. Tate's there. They're all going to kind of feed off each other. You've got Eli in there. He doesn't throw the ball more than 20 to 24 times a game. It's going to be tough sledding for all of them. I've kind of got them all grouped in the wide receiver three. Tate, I've got as the lowest of them all. I think Shepard takes the slot. I think he's got a, a slightly better relationship with Eli. I think that's who he'll use to get comfortable early doors, maybe with Barkley. And so I think Shepard is the one I've got the highest of the three. If anyone was going to break into wide receiver two numbers this week, it would be Shepard. Uh, I've got Slayton in the middle there. I've got Tate at the bottom. Uh, Tate would be my desperation play. Uh, but having said that, I've got them all inside sort of the top 45 this week. But only I think they're just, I mean, Philly are pretty bad against uh, wide receivers. They're um, 39.2 points per game. They're giving up to wide receiver cores, which is why I've got them all inside the top 45. But it's going to be very hard to determine with a new quarterback, um, even though he's the old quarterback, who's going to get all this production when you've got all these weapons back for the first time in quite a while. Engram, I've got as a Titan 2, not 100% sold. He's 100% fit and told he's probable to go, but we'll see what happens. The Eagles is a strange team at the moment. It just seems to be nobody wants to win this NFC East. And, you know, they have the opportunity to go level with the Cowboys, which would make it a winner takes all or a non loser takes all decider in a couple of weeks' time when they play the Cowboys. You've got Wentz. Uh, Wentz for me is a quarterback one this week. I think he's someone you can feel very good at starting this week. Sanders for me is the same. You've got him at the back end of the running back one, high end RB2 conversation, uh, depending on the format. Uh, so I think he's someone that it doesn't look like Jordan Howard is going to go. So wheels up on Miles Sanders. He's going to dominate, I think, backfield there. Jeffrey, I've got in the wide receiver two conversation. I think he's someone that can get, if he's fit, will get some work. Uh, he, you know, didn't look amazing. I mean, he didn't look too bad the weekend. But he didn't look amazing, but I think he'll put some numbers up and he could potentially get in the end zone. This isn't exactly like they're playing an elite defense here. So I fancy Jeffrey to, to make the most of it. And then, I've got Ertz and Goddard here. Ertz, obviously a tight end one. Goddard is a very high end tight end two. Wouldn't shock me if he got into the tight end one work. Now, the Giants D is actually very good against tight ends. Uh, They're fourth best in the league. They're only giving up eight points per game to tight ends. So I can see a play where they're going to focus everybody on Ertz as the number one. Basically, either make them throw the ball to Jeffrey or make them throw the ball to Goddard. So it wouldn't shock me if Goddard got more production than Ertz this week. But... You have to look at the talent. You have to look at probability matchups. We don't know what they're going to be doing. So I've ranked Ertz higher, but if someone said to me, Dallas Goddard will outperform Zach Ertz this week, would not be shocked. Interesting game. Lots to lots to break down. A bit shorter pod this one. Uh, less games, but also we had some very thin teams that didn't need to go into too much detail. Hope you found it useful. I will try and get a start sits article done. This is kind of almost replacing the start sits because it's giving you all the information, and, but we'll put something together in written form if it's not out today. It should be out tomorrow. Thanks very much as always to subscribing to the podcast. Please leave us a, a rating and review. I must tell you now, next week is an absolute 
blockbuster week. We're going to do some really exciting things. So we're still going to do the Waverwire pods. We're still going to do the, the look ahead pods. We're still going to do all this other stuff, but we have some great guests. We have an unbelievable guest coming our way who we're very lucky to have on. It's going to be a real insight for us as fans watching the game in the UK. Definitely going to answer some questions that you might have. Uh, and that's pretty much all I'm going to uh, say on that. I'm going to tease it, but definitely subscribe uh, and listen to that one. We're also going to do a, a crossover podcast with another UK podcast that are up and coming, like some of the work they've done. And they, you know, they're, they're trying to grow fan base and, you know, definitely some guys that are well worth uh, listening to and think that there's some good synergy there. So I think we're going to do we're going to basically do a two-in-one. So our feed or the podcast will be recorded. It'll be on their feed. It'll be on our feed. You can get to know a little bit more about uh, what they do. We're going to do a collab and talk about what's going well in the NFL, uh, some of our picks, some of our plays. So just as a bit of a general NFL view, but then also some fancy stuff uh, thrown in there as well. So lots going on here at Rush Nation. We've only got a couple of weeks left until we're all done for the regular season, the fantasy playoffs and everything else. If you're in week 14 and you're still playing regular season ball, good luck to you this week. If we can help you get in, message us on all the channels, get in touch with us. Let us know what we can do at Five Yard Rush. Let's get you into your playoffs. If you are in your playoffs, good luck. Message us with anything that you need. If you've got to buy, chill out, put your feet up uh, and enjoy it this week. We've got quite a few behinds this week, so we look forward to uh, setting a few less lineups this week. But until next week, Rush Nation, keep rushing. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.